Hello and welcome to the Sons of Gideon podcast. We're a podcast that's about uh, tearing down the idols of our culture. Uh, I'm Ruben Rees. I'm joined by Seth Tamahana, Chris Sturton, and this week, Ooh. this week we have special guest Pastor Tom Ford. G'day. And we're going to be talking about uh, tearing down idols. Let's get right into it. These cultural waves aren't going to bother them. They'll respond to them as they need to, but they have a mission. They're like a heat-seeking missile that is set on the target, and we will accomplish. You have the Holy Spirit. You're men, ain't you? We want to fight the good fight, Paul said. Wage the good warfare. 1 John 5 verse 4 says, Everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not just content for a story. It is embedded with divine power to literally change lives and bring the new birth to the glory of God. Christianity is a world-conquering religion all right boys how you guys going this week good never better <laughs> cold chilly yeah it is cold no we're actually filming this at uh, 11 p.m yeah at night whose call was that uh it's oh. your call poor leadership it's a, it's a good idea yeah. oh the best yeah, like, yeah. Yep. good leadership yeah <laughs> so this week uh as i mentioned in the intro we are joined by Pastor Tom Ford. Uh, Tom Ford is the pastor of Hope Reformed Baptist Church, yes, sir. Uh, which is in Logan, which is just south of Brisbane in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for those listeners who aren't familiar with you, Tom Ford, uh, would you want to give just a bit of details about who you are? What, what do you do? Uh, yeah, sure. I have the honor and privilege of pastoring these blokes and uh, many like them at Hope Reformed Baptist Church. Uh, a pretty vibrant and energetic uh, group of people uh, uh, down in, in Logan. I've been teaching there as teaching elder, preaching pastor since 2019. Uh, mm. And I have uh, a wonderful, tremendous wife named Joy. You all know that. Let me tell the mm. listeners. Uh, uh, Joy, who is uh, the best wife in the world, a beautiful lady and a hard worker. Uh, and I have three boys and a girl on the way. Yeah. So that's... Nice. Um, God. There's a bunch of other stuff here and there that sort of gets done. But they're, they're, that's my two main callings in life is, is my family and, the, uh, and leading the church. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so this week we're talking about uh, tearing down idols. Now, the name of our podcast, The Sons of Gideon. Mm-hmm. Gideon was a man in the Bible who uh, God, God told Gideon uh, to tear down an idol. And he went uh, at night with, with some, uh, some of the men in his household mm. and they tore down this idol um, mm. that the people that, uh, where he lived were worshipping. Yeah. Um, and us as the Sons of Gideon, it's our goal to tear down the idols of our culture. Mm-hmm. In broad daylight. Uh, yeah, in broad, broad daylight. daylight. So Gideon did it at night where no one can see. But our goal, we want to do it out in the open where everyone can mm. see. Yep. At uh, 11 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So the idea of tearing down idols or attacking idols is, is something that's not really talked about much no. in the church. So, yeah. What, what is, why is that so important? Why do you guys think that's important as Christians that we should have that goal of tearing down idols? Yeah, well, we see it throughout the Bible, Old and New Testament, as we gave the example of Gideon. There's our example there, but we see it even with uh, Paul in the New Testament, very like proficient, particularly in Areopagus. Um, I know we've spoken about that as young men, and even the young adults have spoken a lot about that. Acts 17, 
where yeah. he's, he doesn't back down from even the greatest philosophers of the day. Mm. He goes in there with boldness, a Christian worldview, and just topples idols. Yeah. It doesn't have to be particularly physically just ripping down s- statues of pagan gods, but yeah, crushing worldviews. Yeah. 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 So some people might be sitting here thinking like we're talking about idols. Like what, what is an idol? Like, because obviously back in the Bible times, they had these physical... Mm. Uh, like physical statues or pieces of wood that they would they would physically worship but in our culture here in australia or in the western culture we don't worship physical idols so what are we talking about when we're saying tearing down idols like what what is that um i think i could give a quick kind of well in today's day and age obviously the idols aren't a big statue that we're uh well in broad daylight offering blood sacrifices to and just uh, worshiping but not yet not yet not Condition yet that. it's definitely going in that direction not in the open <laughs> <Yeah>. yet yes <laughs> but i think it would just be uh obviously we know the chief end of man is to glorify god and to enjoy him forever but uh men in their fallen state are worshiping just other things yeah uh not giving the glory to god and whom it belongs to and giving it to uh worshiping the creature rather than the creator yeah yeah that's right I think there would be a, a worthwhile distinction between um, what uh, Spurgeon called idol hunting. Mm. You know, he he recognized that we all have different ways of idolizing things or people, or uh, we have proclivities to certain either either substances or relationships or positions of authority, whatever it may be. Those are individual idols that we have, and we want to avoid actually being idol hunters in other people's lives. Which might sound like it's going against, I guess, the whole grain of this podcast, but, yeah. but it's not. There's a dis- distinction between individual people's idols and proclivities to worship things before God, of mm. which you never want to be the guy running around with a lasso in other people's lives trying mm. to play the job of the yeah. Holy Spirit. Yeah. There's a distinction between that and uh, socially accepted, promoted, uh, um, uh, groupthink, uh, tolerated inside the church, mm. Everyone must avoid speaking against these things at all costs. That sort of thing becomes a groupthink, cultural, social idol. Yeah, uh, those things need tearing down. And it's a, it's 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 one of the purest forms of spiritual warfare. Mm. Yeah, as Paul spoke in Second Corinthians ten, and he wrote to the uh, of of his warfare as an apostle, which can rightly be spoken of as spiritual warfare, uh, speaking to the Corinthian church in his second epistle, and he says, "We we walk in the flesh, but we do not wage war according to the flesh." Yeah. Yeah. So you can't you can't ever get into this gnostic, often soft evangelical idea that well, it's spiritual, it's not physical. You know, Jesus yeah. is a spiritual kingdom. Don't expect to see it have implications in 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 uh, in, in physical areas or society or culture you know it's a it's a spiritual kingdom from heaven you go uh okay well paul disagrees he says we do walk in the flesh he says that and we would all agree that what you do with the flesh is inherently spiritual yeah Yeah. uh whether it's sex or drinking or whatever paul says it all needs to be done to the glory of god because it's all spiritual so we're in the flesh but we're not waging war according to the manners or the principalities or the ideologies of the flesh yeah so in other words our warfare does not uh, our kingdom warfare is not advantageous or successful just because we punch a few people out or because we tear down some golden idol to Molech outside of the Supreme Court or because we bomb an abortion clinic. That sort of thing would be an extreme distraction of 
um, uh, away from what he calls spiritual warfare, which he says, but our weapons, so we do have weapons, are strong to tear down. And he lists things like opinions, ideologies, worldviews, thoughts, accepted ways of thinking and speaking. He says, that's what we, with great grappling hooks of the gospel and the offensive law of God, uh, by the Holy Spirit, we throw these grappling hooks around these idols and we hook them up to the local church oxen. We slap it on the backside and see it tear them down. Yeah. And he says, by doing that, you liberate the people behind these fortresses. Yeah. So it's definitely a part of the calling of of the of the Christian church that she neglects to her and her neighbor's peril. Yeah. I guess it would be super important then to to be aware of the culture's idols. Yeah. And it means we're not just mm. being locked up like some Amish type uh, society where yeah. we're just avoiding the news and avoiding the newspapers and staying kind of, within like our own Christian bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it doesn't. It's not just uh, seen in those communities. I guess a lot of Christians now are probably scared of even wanting to look at look at that type of thing, or they just yeah. want to avoid it. They just want to, oh, mm. they might have this attitude of oh, it's just getting worse. There's nothing we can yeah. do. Yeah, just yeah, do all we can to avoid it. Yeah. So Tom, you mentioned this idea of uh, waging war, or like mm-hmm. this, a lot of this kind of war uh, themes. Is that something we should be thinking about as Christians, like going into battle, going into war? Because yeah. you know, a lot of people think. You know, didn't didn't Jesus come and it was all about loving others and um, not retaliating against your enemies? Aren't, aren't we as Christians just mm. supposed to kind of be loving to others and not not cause mm. fights, not create a war? Yeah, that's what I try yeah. and tell people all the time. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you guys don't listen. Uh, that's what I've been saying since my uh, earliest days in the ministry. Uh, yeah, of course, the, mm. uh, uh, the 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 entirety of the Christian life individually is warfare. Whether you like it or not, you're being attacked by an enemy. So your only option is whether or not you mount a defense to the glory of Jesus. Uh, Other people are being attacked. So your only option is whether or not you go to the field and mount a defense for their sake. The church is under attack. So uh, you can either, uh, well, there's no options. You just are in warfare. And Jesus, as our general, calls us to warfare. So um, like we could look at the the explicit commands in the New Testament that uh, go from Paul to Peter or from uh, other biblical authors that command a warfare mentality. Like Paul Mm. literally says to Timothy, you should and must wage the good warfare and fight the good fight. So that's an explicit thing. But maybe people try and theologize or spiritualize their way out of a militant kind of idea of that. Mm. Uh, Most, uh, many evangelicals will complain. This would be definitely the number one uh, uh, kind of complaint I get as a pastor is militancy of yeah. of Hope Church or militancy of my preaching or, or yeah. things like that because it's just naturally um, uh, offensive and challenging. But uh, so so there are those things in the New Testament that people can try and spiritualize away from its very clear meaning mm-hmm. and sort of say, yes, we wage the warfare, but the way we wage warfare is by cleaning people's feet yeah. and by being walked all over you know didn't jesus himself get crucified well we also should be like the witnesses in revelation that lay down our yeah yeah, and and uh which sounds almost convincing oh yeah i guess jesus did get killed yeah that's right he didn't 
way raise up in in revolution and, and kill his enemies um except he does yeah mm. he tells us he does he yeah. tells us he stomps them till their blood flows the height of a horse's bridle for 1400 stadia he just uh-huh. doesn't do it yeah. in his first coming yeah so Amen. so we're in between those two comings and the, yeah. the 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 great debate of of how to engage the world over much of evangelicalism has been should we look like more of jesus first coming or should we look like more of Jesus' second coming, or or a balance of 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 both? And I think it's a false sort of question, but that's kind of, that's all, that can sort of characterise the kind of uh, uh, preferences that people have. If you're more militant, well, you're 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 over-realized eschatology. If you're yeah. overly passive, well, you're meek and mild Jesus, like he was in the mm. in in the stable. But but even even go deeper than just those surface passages where Paul commands warfare type, type language, mm. we even see the deeper conception of Paul's natural thought about Jesus Christ as Savior was a warrior type language. Mm. So, so when you see places like in Ephesians 4, even just, it's, it's almost the topic is addressed in passing. Paul is speaking about our inheritance in the gospel, the glory of the church in Ephesians 3. And he gets to the end of Ephesians uh, 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 3 and he gets to Ephesians 4 where he then transitions into, you should walk in accordance to the gospel because you've been gifted by the Spirit. Mm. Now, not many people would think to insert into their warrior warfare, God killing his enemies type language. And that's exactly what Paul does. Because he references Psalm 68, which is the Psalm of God as the warrior king, the divine warrior showing up on the scene, cracking skulls, slitting throats, sending horses running and going back home to his bride and his kingdom to get praised, to give gifts and to get drinking at the great uh, uh, feast. (laughs) You see, he uses that Psalm picture and Mm. and and applies it to Jesus' ascension says when Jesus has done his ministry on earth and he's gone back up to heaven and he's given out the plunder of gifts to his church, you know what? That can be pictured as a warrior returning home, blood-soaked yeah. garments because yeah. he's destroyed and put to shame his enemies. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's not just that we're jumping on these isolated surface passages. The deeper conception of the New Testament apostle to the Gentiles, when he thinks of Jesus' ministry, he thinks of militant warfare against God's enemies. Yeah. Yeah, amen. Yeah, so some people might be listening to this thinking like, it's great that we're talking about tearing down idols and waging war. And it's it's good. Pastors, church pastors do that. People who work in ministry do that. But you might be thinking, if you just work like kind of your average nine to five job, or maybe you're a tradie, or you just do your average kind of job, like how, how does someone like that engage in this, in tearing down idols and and doing good work for the kingdom how does yeah. someone like that like engage in in this spiritual battle yeah especially when there's a big push even within i know a lot of I know, supermarkets but a lot of big time companies are really pushing back against that against yeah. christians now and there's a big it really you can get straight away people start hearing this and oh my friend got fired or whatever and yeah that just puts a lot of fear in you and think oh i I can never talk about Jesus now at yeah. work, period. I'm never bringing up anything. I'm just going to bow down to Caesar and just say yes, uh, mm. yes, boss, and uh, all of yeah, this. Yeah, you're getting eight. That, that's trouble. not the spiritual realm. That's yeah. not church. Yeah, that's you know, separate. That's, that's secular. That's, that's my that's... minister's job. That's, yeah. yeah. You know, that's what I tithe to him for. He can go fight <laughs> the good fight and you know do stand firm conference, but I can just you know, push yeah. my trolleys. Hoorah. And we'll be right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Is there any degree to that in which 
uh, I mean, we expect to see a distinction between the degree to which the yep. pastors are doing yep. it towards the other people. Why is that a healthy... Is, should that be seen as some distinction or should pastors be doing it more than others? Or yeah, what do you reckon? Yeah, 100%. I think there's also like, even within that, it's a it's a uh, adult's role, especially if they have kids or just in general, to hold up uh, a stable financial uh, income to the family. Hmm. So it's, it's not, it is, there is a point where hmm. you should say, well, if it is going to threaten me not putting food on the table, I shouldn't just go out and just, tell my bot my gay boss you know you're going to hell today with a uh, spear tackle yeah yeah i'm yeah, just gonna yeah, just course. shove it in their face and just purposely... not just common decency but also of course the res- uh, other responsibilities that yep. we have to other people that yeah. we're in covenant yep. with yes that, that has to come into consideration for the christian yeah yeah mm. so what sorry i'm just kind of lost what would you say like you might have already answered it but if your boss is currently pushing this Mm. As an employee, are we supposed to uh, like quit or are we pushing back or? Mm. Chris. It, it, Chris. What do you do? <laughs> what do I experience? do? You've got a hope tracked in your bag. Yeah. Yep, you're, yep. you're, you're at, uh, at work during Pride Month. Yeah. What do you yeah. do? Definitely. I've pinned them up on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> in, on, like on the gay flag. <laughs> you did. Uh, Chris, yeah. Chris did this. He works at Did Cole. you ever get in, in trouble for that? Uh, I don't think so. Wait, you pin the track up on the wall. Yeah, uh, yeah. On the cookboard. On top of the on top of the rainbow flags. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I think definitely it, it is. It's partly that it is our responsibility as Christians to to stand firm. Yeah, and to and to show Christ's rule uh, in in physical physically by having conversations and whatever giving out tracks. But it is also. It is the the pastor's responsibility to do this explicitly, mm. and however much I would say the pastor's doing it, you wouldn't really expect anything more from the congregants. So let's say the yeah. pastor's like collapsing on this, yeah, and you know really not engaging the culture, you would not expect the people following well, it, his lead. Yeah, it's not. It's usually not even the. The pastor's not usually afraid of people on the outside of the church. He's yeah. usually afraid of the Christians in the pew. Yeah. And what they're yeah. going to say to him about the people on the outside of the church. Or so yeah. it, now he can't, if he's afraid of sweet old ladies and Christian families, mm. how can he expect mm. his flock to go out and be more bold than him against yeah. The, yeah. the, you know, the, the, the boss and the, and the uh, employers and stuff like that and the mm. principals and the teachers at the schools and, and things like that. So yeah, you're yeah. right. It, he needs to be setting the tone and the yeah. elders of the church need to be setting setting the tone and setting an example for boldness because uh, um, uh, that is their call. Um, I think to the, to the degree, to the question of what Christians should be doing in the workplace. I mean, one, one uh, mitigating factor is who do I need to, who am I making money for? Mm -hmm. Um, You, you, you are part of your job as a Christian is to tear down idols, but it's not your only job. Yeah. Yeah. You have other jobs to do, like provide for your family when yeah. you have them, uh, fulfill your responsibilities to your employer. And and most of the time where we're at at the moment, I advise you know young, zealous Christians that most of the time you can fulfill your obligation to your employer while mm. you know uh, shirking off most of the, the agenda stuff and yeah. looking for great gospel opportunities within yeah. it. Yeah. It yeah. is the rare opp- time when you're actually getting fired because of your opinion yeah. and you're saying yeah. so. But just because it's rare doesn't mean it's not happening. It is yeah. rare. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, it, it's a balance of responsibilities. But 
but you need to be at least willing and ready to and having a pastor who's showing you how to so that when it does come to you and you are sitting around the lunch table and people go, so Chris, what do you reckon about, about this? Or, hey, I, why aren't you wearing the purple pin? Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Where's your, where's your rainbow lanyard, bro? Did you forget it? Because I've got a second one here. Yeah. My trans child gave it to me. So here, you can wear this one. You, you need to be ready yeah, at the yeah. moment to share the gospel and yeah. at that time to do it, um, uh, even though your job is not uh, uh, um, to get fired as quickly as possible, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So some people might be wondering, okay, we're talking about these idols. We're talking about what to do in the workplace. Mm. How do we identify idols? Like how, what, what are some examples of idols that exist in our culture and how, how can we start to notice them and identify them? Uh, yeah. I think we, we, we somewhat touched on this topic at the very start, uh, identifying what idols kind of are. I think, Tom answered it really well with kind of what is really uh, prevalent today in today's culture, what, what is being pushed, what agenda is being mm. kind of accepted. Um, and yeah, just ignoring kind of God's one, word. One thing I've brought up and I think probably going to end, end up bringing up most podcasts is I see the biggest idol is man himself. Oh, now, yeah. Yeah. humanism, this, this self-autonomy, um, I'm my own God type idol where we're idolizing the self, whether yeah. it's through self-pleasure, yeah. it's through idolizing man's intellect rather than God's wisdom and knowledge. Yeah. That's one big thing. It's not, I would say, yeah, it's got into like, you know, obviously philosophy and psychology and it's influenced all these types of areas. Yeah. But that's one thing, big thing I see that's come out of this. Uh, you know, we've touched on transgenderism or yeah. homosexuality. Yeah, it all comes from that. Um, yeah. It's not. It's not as easy to just identify. Well, there's that pagan god, yeah, uh, Asherah yeah. or whatever its name was in Judges six. Yeah. So what? What do you, what do you guys think? At oh wait, do you want to say something, Tom? <laughs> well, I was about to give uh, the wisdom that you were uh, searching for. So. Hey, hey man, <laughs> praise God. Just <laughs> Look, I'm here, I know. That's exactly. That's exactly right. Good answers. Um, <clears throat> one of the I think you look at the life of Jesus, right? Thanks, boss. No, you tried, and that's... <laughs> thank, uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> when you look at the life of Jesus, you see him intentionally doing the Gideon mindset, right? Mm, People yeah. might go, well, Gideon was old. You know, why Why the Gideon? Why not the Sons of Jesus podcast? Mm. And which sounds really gay and Catholic. No, <laughs> but I'll say... <laughs> but I'll say... Uh, um, you see Jesus literally do and, and, and utilize the same Gideon mindset in his ministry. You know what he... So... so People will people will ask the question, why can't you be more Christ-like? Or yeah. uh, as if that's <laughs> a universally, under, as if we're working on the same assumption of who Jesus is yeah. and what he was like. Not realizing that he is one of the best examples of, of intentional, um, assertive, uh, uh, offensiveness towards people, intentional offense in an, in an uh, uh, assertive manner. Mm. So you see examples like um, uh, in Mark two or three, when he ha heals the guy with a withered hand. Yep. You can skim skim read the the story, and it sounds like, and, and you'd think of him as uh, he healed a guy on the Sabbath, so they got angry at him. Yep. That's not what happened. He's standing in the synagogue. Oh. 
He looks around, he sees a guy with a withered hand, he looks back to the Pharisees, and knowing that they would hate him doing this, he makes a scene intentionally. He flips them the bird in a religious scene. He goes, hey you, guy with a withered hand, just come up here for a moment. I just want you to look down at the Pharisees over here, just make eye contact, and I'm going to heal you. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it right now in front of them. And he heals them, and then looks, and he literally, before he does it, he looks around at the Pharisees and goes, is this good? Is this lawful? What do you reckon? stuff mm. you and he heals the guy's uh, hand yeah. and then they're all angry because he's and they sought to kill him mm. uh, and uh, highlighting the hypocrisy all the more that he broke the sabbath so they go and team up with their political uh uh enemies the herodians to figure out how to kill a guy mm. yeah <laughs> like they're the religious pure ones right yeah uh, and but jesus does this all the time he intentionally find, finds ways of of uh, tipping off, ticking off, uh, toppling the idols that people have erected for themselves in order to, to, in one sense, worship, but even like Chris said, in, in a greater sense, to then worship themselves. But yeah. yeah. right? every idol is ultimately just a a, 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 a a carving that looks a little bit like me. Yeah. So, um, and I think that one of the principles you can, some of the principles you can see in Jesus' life and that we can uh, also... Um, uh, take really practically is you need to know the law of God. Yeah. Yeah. You need to know God's uh, God's commandments, ten commandments, and uh, um, and the New Testament commands of the apostles and their applications of the ten commandments. Yeah. You also want to know their reasonings of their commandments. Mm. So they don't fornicate. And we go, yeah, that's like technically a rule. Maybe shrug fornicate yeah uh no christians need to know how it is that paul reasons from jesus resurrected body to us not fornicating what's the connection because he has a body now and as a resurrected new adam he has authority over my body but also it means that if he has a new body i'll get a new body and it's this body so i can't throw away this body in sin this is the one that's going to be populating heaven so i need to live right so know the apostles logic in how they apply the law under christ and the new covenant so so know the law of god because when you know the law that's like the filter you're looking around your society like paul does when he rocks up in athens like you guys were saying before at the areopagus Mm. he rocks up at athens and he's supposed to be on sabbatical after corinth (laughs) um sorry no before corinth and he gets there and he looks around and goes i can't rest the law of god like the psalmist says in psalm 119 the law of god is in my heart I hate every evil way. My eyes shed tears because of, of men's idolatry. And he just gets to work street preach and then he gets invited up to the Areopagus. So first of all, know the law of God. Yeah. Know the Ten Commandments, why God gives them, uh, uh, what their broader application is, how they yeah. apply deeper within us, stuff like that. Um, and then also know, if we know God's laws, also know your society's laws. Yeah. And I don't mean yeah. the litigation and the et cetera like that. Maybe it will definitely apply to that, but I mean more precisely, learn the social unspoken, unwritten laws that everybody yeah. abides by. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard, uh, I did not come up with this, but people saying things like, uh, whatever you're not allowed to say in society, there's certain words you're not allowed to say, like yeah. gay, yeah. Uh, whatever other rules they've got out there. You're not allowed to make fi- jokes, you know, uh, uh, sexist-based jokes or yeah. like any racist-based ba- yeah. jokes, even yeah. though they're all the best. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, everyone knows they are. Um, and the comedians who don't back down from them, uh, I just got you cancelled anyway, so we're fine. Uh, they, there you have the most successful... 
everybody knows that the woke politically correct rules ruin life. Yeah. Everybody enjoys yeah. politically incorrectness <laughs> except for the um, uh, you know victims. So uh, on one yeah, it's like know what you're not allowed to say because that is your society's functional blasphemy laws. Yeah. yeah. And behind the blasphemy laws, there's your idol. So yeah. you're not allowed to use gay as a derogatory term. I hear Christians, pastors yeah. use that as that their hardcore application of First Corinthians six or when they're mm. preaching through <laughs> Romans one. Yeah. They really stop to go, Hey, you white Christians, you straight cisgender Christians, mm. hey, I need to talk to you for a second. Oh, Don't you go using gays. Oh, how you're harming our gay brothers and sisters. Yeah. <laughs> oh. you know what that is? That's gay. <laughs> That's what that is. You're doing it. Uh, so so you're not allowed to say that because behind that blasphemy law is the LGBT idol. Yeah. Or, or the sex idol. What it, yeah. you, whatever you want to do in sex is your idol. Yeah. Or you're not allowed to... Whatever you're not allowed to say, whatever you get called into HR for saying, whatever you get mm. kicked off Facebook for saying, whatever, <laughs> whatever the pastor will get really close to and then not say when he should have said it in a sermon. Yeah. Whenever you know that, you know that behind that is that, that's a blasphemy law that they didn't cross. Yep. Behind the blasphemy law is a god, and that's yeah. what our that's what our yeah. Uh, so for us, it's like you know, I like to mention the distinctions, the very obvious distinctions of um, of genders and yeah. women yeah. and men. So like Jordan Peterson uh, is a good example of a kind of Gideon, your mate. Yeah. Uh, oh, mate, you like to him. You clean your room today, Chris. Thank <laughs> you, Ben. You <laughs> Of a, of a kind of social secular Gideon where he goes, he's, he discovered really quickly and, and gave a gr and put a lot of Christian pastors to shame with his example of just, he found the blasphemy law of don't say that men and women are different. Mm. Don't say, don't intentionally try to minister to men. That's yeah. sexist. Don't yeah. try and give, don't try and say that you are, you're particularly uh, attuned to helping men. That's misogynistic. Like, what the heck? Um, uh, he, he found all those blasphemy laws and he just gr puts his feet in the sand, steps down even harder. Cause in, in God's, uh, 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 uh common grace and natural law he's he's recognized what things are true and how yeah, the world yeah. works in in many ways yeah. but that's the kind of example i wish i had a really commonly well-known christian example to use but we don't because yeah. welcome to evangelicalism yeah. in 2023 yeah. but uh yeah that's a good example of you yeah. find a blasphemy law you're not allowed to say it say it's, it yeah. say yeah. it even more and 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 say it with an aim of pulling down the ideologies so that you can preach the gospel into it yeah, yeah. amen I think that's a uh, good, good uh, overall framework. And I think what I'm hearing is it's a lot easier than people make it out That's to be. be. Yeah. I guess yeah. like a common excuse mm. could be, I just don't know what mm. the idol is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's pretty like even the pagans know through God's common grace. Oh, we just don't talk about those things. Or yeah. You just you just wear the gay badge, or you just don't say that. Yeah. In the staff room. Mm. Yeah. An even easier one is, what do your friends want to replace Christianity? Yeah. Yep. You, if, if you sat down with them and went, I think the future's Christian. Yeah. All right. Jesus has taken over this place. Get used to it. Christ or chaos. You've got to repent or whatever. <laughs> and, what it, and then invite them. What, if you disagree, what would you prefer the future to look like? Yeah. And if they say, well, I want it to be a more tolerant and diverse society. Oh, thank you. That's an idol. Tolerance and diversity, which yep. just means let me do whatever the hell I want. Yeah. Uh, or if they mm. say, no, I think the future's more female than this misogynistic sort of cisgendered yeah. Christianity. And you go, okay, so there's there's another idol, uh, uh, which we're told about in Genesis 3. You just hate man's, man's rule, yeah. uh, God's, yeah. God's rule through um, uh, uh, his gender hierarchy, uh, things like that. So 
whatever they want the future to be because everybody is is kind of uh naturally post-millennialist yeah whatever religion they're in if you're in islam you want the future to be islam <laughs> taking over the world yeah. if you're buddhist you really hope and believe that the, you know everyone would be better off if everyone was a buddhist yeah uh etc et so whatever they think the future you, you even see with this, see this with marx he was a post-millennialist marxist revolutionary mm. uh, so whatever they think the future utopia will look like that will highlight to you a hundred different mm. dots. All right. So some people might be thinking, all right, <coughs> when, you know, you just, you're just working. I kind of mentioned this before. You're working like a, a nine to five job. You rock up at work. Mm -hmm. You're just doing, you're just kind of doing your average job. You're not a pastor. You're not in some sp special ministry. You're just kind of doing your average kind of work that most people do. When, when you rock up to work or in your day-to-day -day life, how can you be thinking about how, how can I be, how can you can be waging war? In for the kingdom and how you can be tearing down the idols of our culture. How how did your how do you how should your average everyday practical everyday, ways? Yeah, like mm. practical. Yeah. You got something to say, Seth? That's you. Yeah. That's you. That Nine me. to five work, yeah. or yeah. six till four, whatever you whatever. Yeah. You this do. guy's a boiler long, long day. Right. Long day. Well no work. hope of any kind of ministry. <laughs> you know, below average theological <laughs> understanding. Like, what yeah. is the what is the, Get ready for this fountain of what wisdom. What is the, the yeah, plebs that, of Christianity? Enough. What should got they do, blue collar, blue collar. Here we go. In the blue collar work environment, like none of these brothers can actually, you know, yeah. you know, they're all uh, out of the ivory academics. towers. <laughs> where, where, where real men go to work. Mm, that's we, what I'm I saying. I fight real. Uh, yeah, there's there's hard days, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> not pushing trolleys. No, 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 this no, sort no, of thing, Chris. Uh, this is mate. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, at my workplace, I'll just I'll make it personal because I can't speak for all blue collars. Um, in all honesty, uh, 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 they don't really. Uh, there's not really much talk about uh, what is their their idol. In all honesty, is probably uh, beers and the and the weekend and and that's kind of what they uh, aim at. It's hard to have a biblical conversation with, or even to share the gospel because they'll take the piss out of all of it uh, mm. in in those environments. So, uh, apart from Continuous prayer, I guess. Um, so go beyond that. Not just what the their I, blokes like you, uh, metal workers, mm. blue collar guys. Their idols are not all going to be uh, the uh, what they're talking about. They're not yeah. going to talk about what they feel like are the most important things in the world. No. Uh, mm. They're they're mostly just you know having a, having a yarn, yeah, etc. Um, but there's still things that you could be doing. Ways you could be approaching things, ways you can be responding to stuff. Yeah, that is pushing back against certain certain uh, ways that uh, uh, and assumptions of idolatry that they're living in. How mm. can you be doing that? Um, well, I guess not taking uh, part in uh, their formal workplace banter, where it's all just like uh, inappropriate talk, and I guess just being that one that acknowledges, hey, like this isn't a. I guess you don't want to be that guy that uh. I, well, I'm trying to tell you actually to be that guy that doesn't kind of fold and mm. uh, fall into this peer pressure, but stand firm upon the word of God again, mm. sanctify Christ as Lord in all yeah, areas amen. of your life, especially where you're in your workplace. And yeah, if you have gospel tracts as well, put them mm. up on the board or even put them in your employees' uh, toolboxes after work. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you'll get a name for yourself. But uh, uh, um, 
I think uh, Luther used to say that the Christian shoemaker doesn't glorify God in his work by engraving little crosses on his yeah. on his shoes. <laughs> yeah, he, he glorifies God by making the best damn shoes he can. Yeah, yeah. My words. I am. Um, oh, that's right. And uh, uh, and and <laughs> we we've, we've even seen recently yeah. uh, recently with um you know like we've been going through Ephesians uh, four five yeah. And, yeah. yeah and six with um uh, usual Sunday exposition and we even saw there like Paul Paul addressing uh, people in the position of slaves or employees or yeah. apprentices yeah. Yeah. and there's yeah, nothing yeah, yeah, that yeah. comes closer to slavery in our modern world than apprenticeships okay? <laughs> big so, time yeah <laughs> so that's you yeah. Uh, uh, you have a way to glorify God yeah. and not just glorify God in your own self and between you and God and your church but even in a way that reflects really clearly back to your uh, to the other apprentice, apprentices yeah. to the other to your to your uh, whatever the guy is above you to your mentors, whatever it is, um, to the dudes that you work with, you can be showing very clearly yeah. uh, uh, evidences of your worldview. You need to yeah. share the gospel. Yeah. You need to uh, be praying for opportunities to share the gospel. Paul even says that, both Colossians and Ephesians. Yeah. Please pray that opportunities come for me to speak. Yeah. But in between those opportunities coming and when he makes those opportunities, he's living in a certain way. How can, how can yeah. a, 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 a blue-collar type person be working in such a way? I reckon... Yeah. Uh, Working in such a way where you want to be uh, the best employee uh, there, I like the goal to be, for example, the best apprentice there to to show that uh, even in times where there's a ton of overtime or uh, where the, the other employees might be complaining, you're still putting in all your effort and putting in as yeah. much work as you can to set an example that you're not serving just your boss, you're not serving uh, who employed you, but we are ultimately employed under god himself and yeah we want to set that example in the workplace that even when all of their hopes are out or they're just working for the weekend we are we take heart and, and pride in our work that uh, yeah we want to set that example of we have a hope that is uh far greater than just the weekend or, or mm. beers or yeah post-work mankind being naturally religious uh we have gods but everybody sacri- makes sacrifices for their gods as well yeah mm. yeah uh, if you're if you're God or that you know what you live for, your functional God is a heavy drinking weekend and uh, relaxing, what, whatever it is, parties or whatever it is for you, uh, then you will make sacrifices like the last couple of hours on Friday. Yeah, yeah, you'll, yeah. Be, you'll be sacrificing that with a work ethic yeah. that at least the last couple of hours on Friday yeah. to try and bust out, uh, and you'll be sacrificing probably Monday morning because it was Sunday sesh, so yep. you're coming in late or dreary or hungover Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, or whatever else it may be. So you make sh- you can be showing people uh, week in, week out, your God hates you, which we see in Psalm 135 yeah. and, and, and Isaiah that your gods hate you and they always they always end up leaving you hating yourself and yep. hating your life a little bit more after yep. you've engaged yeah uh, so your gods are, t- are treating you pretty bad and if your life is for the weekend like other than a, a, a destroyed liver crappy relationships with the missus and, yep. and like uh, and and hangovers which get progressively worse as you get older yeah uh, like what is the what, what what good is your god giving you yeah and you, sh- you show that yeah you're as exactly as you said your employer may not treat you great but but God does so you yeah. work under your employer for God yeah. you, sh- you turn up early Monday mornings you work uh, uh, as long as your boss requires you to yeah. Fridays yep. um, uh you you yeah you be the better apprenticeship you 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 speak even respectfully about your wife you're going around the yeah. circles yeah. about the, oh the damn ball and chain they get to you yeah. and you man oh gee look at the sandwich she made for me or oh, geez mm. you know I can't speak highly enough for my yeah. missus man I don't know what you guys are talking about 
man, I got married and my life got 10 times better. I, can't, I yeah. hate being a single guy compared to yeah. you. Like, man, this guy's in a different world to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, there's a hundred ways. But one thing that young Christians often get into, they, they want to live for Jesus zealously. They join something like often trades mm. and they go, the way I serve Jesus is by policing the language of the men I work with. Mm. <laughs> and there's no shorter <laughs> way to never being listened to about the gospel than that. Uh, not because you need to speak like they speak, but you don't need to police what they say. Like, yeah. Yeah. hanging out with sinners means you're going to listen to sinners, uh, talk yeah. like sinners, get over it. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, like, definitely don't partake in things that are that are sinful, etc. Yeah. Mm. I think one We're, big thing that, at least at, at my work, as Christians, we need to be people who take the word of our boss like we take the word of Christ. Mm. So when your boss tells you to do something, you go and you do it. And mm. you, you don't argue, you don't back chat. And when, when you get a break, if you get a 15-minute break, you take 15 minutes on your break. Yeah. You don't take 16 minutes. You don't take 17 minutes. Because yeah. yeah. that's, that's robbing from God. And another thing as well, some, uh, some Christians uh, kind of have this view like you could, if you, you could stop working to share the gospel. Like if it's in the middle of your shift, right? You're getting paid. Yeah. And you, you go to share the gospel with someone and you're stopping doing your work to share the gospel. Mm. That is actually not honoring Christ. That's mm. dishonoring to Christ. Yeah. Because God, God expects you to do to obey your boss. You're getting paid to do the job that you're there to do, and the best way to honor Christ is to just work as hard as you possibly can the whole time. Mm. And if you have opportunities at work where you're able to share the gospel without compromising the standard of your work or without stopping your work, then you should definitely go for it. Mm. But if, it, if it's stopping you from doing your work properly or to the same standard, then you shouldn't share the gospel. You should just get your head down and do the work that, that you've got to do. Mm. Trusting that Jesus will give you an opportunity to yeah. do it where, yeah. you're not, where you're not going against your word that yeah. you gave in your contract to give them those hours. Yeah. 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 Or even in like uh, outside of employment specifically, there's ways that there's really practical ways that people can start tomorrow. Like, uh, I'm sorry to bring him up again. But Jordan, Jordan Peterson, just because JP. I know our listeners, if they've stumbled upon you, they've tried everything. This is the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> They'll know him, okay? Stupid uh, Andrew they, Tate, too. <laughs> uh, uh, who? Andrew Tate. What? Continue. Don't know him. I'm a Christian, <laughs> Seth. <laughs> I read my Bible. Uh, so... Uh, um, uh, but th- there's something about the, the the simplistic nature of what Jordan Peterson hits on about the everyday things you can be doing, like tell the truth, clean your room, stand up straight, whatever it is. And th- there is for for um, in a generation like ours, if you you've given a great example, rock up to work, work hard, take it seriously, uh, don't engage in the kind of folly that they're often engaging in, and show a better way to to live, show a better motivation. Other things are simply. If you just act like Jesus and speak really straight, basic, straightforward truths clearly, mm-hmm. without batting an eyelid, you will have an in, you will you will be surprised by how many opportunities a day you have to push back against an idol's encroachment, yeah. or yank on an idol and t- and and make it a little bit more imbalanced, like in the workplace, whether you're a school teacher or a trolley pusher or a nurse or a, a, a plumber, whatever it is. If you just say, I'm not going to let people force me to say things that aren't true, and I'm not going to nod politely like Jesus would, apparently, when people are speaking abject l- lies, 
threw their bare teeth at me. Yeah. You mm. just decide when they say that I'm going to say, hey, that's not true. <laughs> or, yeah. or I'm just going to say really true things, uh, uh, not being not not being a jerk, not being stupidly harsh, but just basic, straightforward truths. Again, I'm being super vague, but in any any whatever yeah. your job is, you yeah. can just realize, hey, if I just make a commitment like God commanded me to, to not live in lies and yeah. to always be speaking the truth, I'm going to find at least five opportunities a day where I can just uh, where I can say something and just just. You know, you're one drop in the ocean. You're one yeah. human being in a Western society of billions, but you are uh, able to just push back on the encroachment of the tide of of antichrist kind of thinking yeah. and idolatry just a little bit. And once you realize that, you go, huh, I felt really good. I just said it. No one arrested me. SWAT didn't tackle me. The mm. feminist's head didn't explode. And if it mm. did, it was fun to watch. <laughs> and what you start realizing is it's actually, yeah, and can it get sinful? Sure. But you know what? So is going, so is airing on the, on the opposite direction as well. It yeah. is fun to topple idols. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually yeah. fun to talk about, right. uh, uh, to talk in ways that push again and just watch people's reaction and just look at how many gospel opportunities you get to be able to preach and yeah. how offended certain, certain uh, 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 feminist or whatever type of people get. It is good fun. Yeah. And yes, that can lead to sin, but like I said, not worse sin than complying. Yeah. <laughs> like at least you, you, it's in the, in the, in the, uh, 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 the, the cause of good and truth. But just speak plain truths. You'll see amazing. And as a pastor, I learned that. Mm-hmm. Just say something from the pulpit that like everyone knows, but our culture tells us you're not yeah. allowed to think. And you just watch people squirm, or you watch the visitors get up and leave, or I, or I get the mm-hmm. emails from other pastors. Did you really have to say it like that? Well, well why not? Yeah. You know it. You agree with me. You agree with the truth. You just disagree with my approach. No, you don't. You don't even agree with the truth. I bet. Yeah. Let, let, yeah. Then when it, where it, show me one example in your sermons where you're saying it better. Yeah. Oh, there's no examples because you're not saying it. Yeah. Okay. Just speaking true things in our world in an age of lies mm. and postmodernism where true yeah. where words don't have meanings. Yeah. yeah. Is is just a huge. Uh, it's your everyday carry. It's yeah. just your nine millimeter Glock on your hip and you'll be able to use it a hundred times a day. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. What it's, uh, ma- makes me think it doesn't particularly mean just having to street preach in the staff room mm, yeah. at your lunchtime. It mm. can be just the subtle things that you're just not backing down when maybe you're even like colleague just, Oh, just take five minutes. Let's just chat a little bit. Yeah. Like, no, you're just casual about it. You're not making a big deal. You're not saying, no, I stand for Christ and be all weird because <laughs> no one likes the weird Christian. I was at one point and mm. you know, no one likes it. Till tonight. Yeah, yeah till tonight. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, it's the subtle, subtle ways and the casual, normal ways you can stand firm in your faith. Yeah. So, so bringing into a close uh, for this episode, if you're a Christian and you're listening to this, I would encourage you, I would exhort you to stand firm upon the gospel and, and to be committed to engaging mm. in, in spiritual warfare, in tearing down the idols uh, of our culture. Mm. And, and if, you, if you're not a Christian, uh, you should know that uh, in the Ten Commandments, God laid out his moral law in the Bible. The first commandment is uh, do not worship other gods. Yep. And the second commandment is do not worship idols. And we have all fallen short of this law. We have all worshipped idols. We've all worshipped other gods. But the hope in the gospel is that Jesus came and died for your sins, mm. uh, taking the punishment uh, and the wrath that you deserve for your sin. Mm. 
That, that is how great God's mercy and love is for us. So if you're not a Christian, you should come to Christ, confess your sins to God and turn away from your sins yeah. and God will give you a uh, new life. He will forgive you of all your sins and, and you will receive eternal life. Yeah, so that's, that's us. find a church. Week. Yeah, find a church. You cannot fight the good fight without other soldiers around you. You'll either be trigger happy and, and, uh, and useless or you'll be cowardly and shrinking back like Gideon get around your, uh, your father and the men of uh, yeah. you know the men of valor and um, uh, that's how God wills for his people and his sons to fight the good fight yeah, is, is right. with other people who call on the name of the Lord for, with a pure heart yeah yeah find a church yeah that's good so that's, that's us for this week uh, talking about idolatry tearing down idols Hopefully, we've given you guys right. some uh, Here we go. food for thought. <laughs> <There it is. laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a bit of it. It's become a bit of an in joke now, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Tom found it hilarious. There you mm. go. He's going to laugh. The best in jokes are when you have to recap with the men in the in joke <laughs> that yeah. it was an in joke. That's the best kind of. I, I, yeah. I love it. Personal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But gents, it was it was a time. it was an honor being here. Yeah, Thanks hilarious. for having me on. I look forward to next time. Yeah, mm. next time. Next time. <laughs> oh, that's bold <laughs> right there. We haven't we have on record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you I'll go. Nice. Here. Well, uh, we'll catch you guys in the next episode, eh? <laughs>